Welcome to Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. The most flattering thing we have ever had happened occurred, and that flattering thing is fan art. Thank you, everybody. Thanks to Dahlia Darling for her watercolors that are now on our walls at home. Thanks to Christian at Geek Rampage for his beautiful fan art. You can come see these on our Facebook page. Okay, last time on Carrots and Suffering. Our heroes settled into House Varathi for a funeral, introducing the various houses who all put their wealth and power on display. Lord Drury has a lot of kids. They roll in and several bags of flour are sent off to the kitchen. Several carts of wine arrive from House Frikers. A Lady Miev comes in one cart with no, no gifts or anything, which is gauche. The Pornino family arrives about 20 minutes later. They are the horse lords. The mentors roll in and there is a large scale announcement. They actually come with probably three dozen servants. Most of them are carrying banners. Then the Evans arrive. They don't bring any servants really, just muscle. And then the Masons arrive. The Masons produced a powerful magic artifact to repair a fountain with a single touch of its hammer. However, our heroes know the source of that power. Sandra, how about you tell us what the fountain looks like? Yeah, I'm going to make it a willow tree. Rather than having actual branches, it just has pieces of that stone coming out so that we have thin tendrils of water that come down off of the fountain. Meg pulls out a masonry hammer with a red handle and taps the edge of the fountain, and it is brand new looking instantly from top to bottom. Oh, God. Our heroes accidentally got the advice of Champion Helena on this matter. Do you want them to stop doing blood magic or not? I, I do. The best way to do that is to expose did, them. Uh, I look at the cat. There's a cat. It's an orange tabby. This is how it is. If a rumor gets started, it doesn't matter who starts it. If it's even remotely true, you're all dead. Then everyone set out to help Jalen's siblings, Isaac and Jessica, with their very raw skills and diplomacy. And Harriet says, oh, the wizard boy. I think we can say he's just a wizard now, can't we? Yes, we can. I'm sorry, Isaac. I didn't mean to imply that you were immature. These people are jerks. Isaac kind of leans in, like, towards her ear, and then and then she says, Isaac, I hope you have a wonderful party, and uh, I just want you to know you have my support on all future issues, and please leave. <laughs> so she's going to extract her and, and hand her both glasses of wine and say, go, go up to Malik and offer him one of these glasses of wine and say hi. She takes both glasses of wine and turns and combat boot style <laughs> stomps towards Malik. I just pictured Tank Girl. She walks straight up to him and he acknowledges her and he, she hands him a glass of wine and he looks like he's going to turn it down and then it's in his hand and he's looking a little threatened. <laughs> and at the end... Silpha may have sent her ex-lover Cygnus Swanson to an early grave using her own blood magic stolen from House Mason. And she puts out two hands, claw grabs his shoulders and oh is pushing him away. No, Cygnus. I don't want to talk to you. I suggest, why don't you take a nice long walk straight into the thorns? I never want to see you again. He turns to like walk away. Was that, was that actually a suggestion? Yeah. Okay. All right. See if he commits slow motion suicide. That would be a two. Okay. Let's get into it. You have rallied in Sable's room for food. And Sable, several dinner plates are brought in and you're allowed to kind of pick and choose whatever you want. And the servants wander away because they have a whole lot to do. And I purify food and water. That's probably a good move. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to check on Sylpha. Are you okay? I'm fine. I'm just... Ugh. What happened? Uh, we ran into Cygnus. And two of the servants. Oh. And Cygnus was drunk enough to be coming on to her. As if we don't remember him dumping her. And, and humiliating songs her. And he tried to like go in for a kiss. Are you okay? Yeah, I told him to go to hell. Well, actually, she told him to uh, take a walk at night into the thorns. Well, that's pretty much like saying go to hell, so, yeah. you know. But then he started wandering that direction. Did you cast a spell on him? 
Mm. Silpha, did you cast a spell on him? Mm. Silpha! Well, I, I was trying really hard to keep my mouth shut, not say anything I'd regret. I kind of bit my tongue. You did blood magic on him? I didn't mean to. Oh god, we gotta go find him. See? Blood magic is bad. That is bad magic. Okay. Well, I, I don't want to argue about the goods and bads of blood magic. We need to keep him from hurting himself. I send a servant with him, just in case. Oh, okay. Well, I have a thing. Jessica just found me. The Porninos have brought six prize horses to offer to Lord Mentor as a dowry, as a bribe. And she wants me to do something about them. Something? Will you help me? What is the something? She wanted me to get rid of them by morning. I'm not sure that's really feasible. I need to like... I'm not poisoning horses. I'm not going to poison them. Exactly. What we, in okay, the look, world look, has look. happened to you two in the past 24 hours? What she wants me to do is take them out and send them into the thorns, basically. I'm not going to do that to a bunch of innocent horses, okay? What I'm thinking is I have... These mushrooms. Got them from the Thieves Guild. We need to find out when they're going to present the horses. And then we got to get the mushrooms put into their food. It's not going to hurt them. It's just going to make them high as balls. And she smiles. <laughs> so what does that mean for a horse? The horses are going to hallucinate and probably be real twitchy. Which means they're not going to be in any state to be presented. Which means the funeral will go by, it will end, the presentation won't happen, everybody's going to go home. Jalen, this seems an awful lot like changing the subject. It's not going to hurt the horses. They're going to get high, and then they're going to get over it. No, I meant changing the subject from blood magic. Well, we're not going to do blood magic on the horses. <sighs> I, look, it has everything to do with intention. I was just really angry. All the more reason that maybe you shouldn't read any more of that book. Because what happens if you get angry again? And you know what? You have a right to be angry. That guy's an asshole. Did you cast a spell out of that book? I mean, other than, you know, biting your tongue? There are spells that allow you to enchant a person and take your suggestions into consideration. So could you do that with the person who feeds the horses? If it doesn't succeed, the consequences would be problematic. Okay. Can we get some apples? You're still changing the subject. Yeah, I'm making a plan. I am concerned about my friends who suddenly are doing blood magic and talking I'm not doing blood magic. No, you're not. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. I know, but see, do you see how this is worrying me? And I'm cursed. Both of you have the ghost problem. And, and you have a blood problem. And I've been thinking really hard about ways to resolve it, because I have your back no matter what, even if the spirit that is vengeful has every right to be so. Is there a danger the spirit's going to come after you? I mean, I, I kind of see where you're coming from, that blood magic might not be all bad. Bear with me, Sable. <clears throat> but in light of the ghost who's after us who might just judge all blood magic badly, it might be a good idea to stay away from it until we've dealt with her. <laughs> Do you think you can control yourself not to do that again? I won't do it again. Okay. Okay. Well, all right. We can make a plan while we eat. I made sure this food was safe. I'm going to take some apples and start cutting them up. And then she's also going to grind up the mushrooms. Okay. And cut open. She's going to like slice open the apples and like put doses in the pieces. And There is a knock at the door. I'll go to the door and open it a bit. You see Lady Miev. She's outside the door. She kind of leans into the crack in the door and says, Is Silpha here? Oh, Lady Miev. Yes, of course, please. And I step aside and open the door a little bit. She strides into the room and says, Silpha, dear, I have completed my business with Matron Varathi and will be headed back to my estate. Could you do me a favor? Of course, my lady. We have not had the opportunity to really discuss details about your last role, and I would like you to join me at the end of the funeral so we can have that discussion. Feel free to bring Sable and Jalen. Of, of course, my lady. And while I'm gone, I'm going to need more help than I realized with 
this research project that I'm working on. I would like one of the other families to owe me a favor. Win one of them over. Ah. See what they're interested in. Maybe do a favor for them? I'll happily pay you if you make it clear that you're doing it on my behalf. Anyway, I really do have to go, so thank you. Please look into it, and I would like uh, as much detail about the Mason House as you can provide when you have an opportunity. Yes, my lady. Good evening, Lady Mieth. And she'll turn to walk away, and as she's pulling the door shut behind her, she stops and sticks her head back in and says, When you found Riley, did he have anything with him? Yes, but his situation seemed more important than discussing the particulars. She steps back into the room and closes the door behind her, and you see her kind of trace an outline on the door with her finger, and then take a step back and cast a spell, and then turn around. Madam, do you believe that my matron would be comfortable with you doing that? Well, we just won't tell her, Sable. Presuming with a 24 arcana, Sylpha will recognize that she cast silence towards the door. She did, yes. There's an area of silence on the door. No one will be able to listen through the wall. What did he have with him? An artifact of mason construction. Interesting. A hammer? Like the one Meg has been wandering around with? No. A crown. The masons aren't metalsmiths. No, they are stonesmiths. It's a stone crown. Fascinating. Fascinating indeed. I need to do some research. Could you, could you bring it by when you come by? Of course. All right. And do me a favor, don't tell anyone about it. I don't know its value yet, but I suspect if others knew I was after it, they would make it their business to keep it from me. And she turns and heads back towards the door, and her footfalls go silent, and the door opens and you can't hear it in any way, and she closes it behind her and walks away, and moments later the kind of stillness in the air fades. Wow, that was a thing. Mm -hmm. I know Jessica wants us to do something about these horses. And I can absolutely... If, if you play a big role in helping us, then she could pass word up to Lord Evans. It's one way to get someone on your side. And there are worse families to have on your side. Truth. The Pornino family will hopefully have no idea. Well, that's the idea, is we need to get a plan that will not implicate us in any way. So do I know how many of our people would be in the stables? There would always be a stable boy or girl manning the stables. Possibly two, depending on what's going on. But in an event like this... Other people have brought their own. Probably, if they're prize horses, there's probably guards. Yeah. The, yeah, you're guessing, you're guessing with this much political chicanery that there's probably one or two guards in, in the stables. The stables, by the way, are huge. It's like a multi-faceted, giant, H-shaped barn with paddocks to put the horses out in built around it. So there's probably a guard or two at the main entrance, mm -hmm. and... God knows how many pages are there. There's nothing for them to really do at night, but there's probably going to be at least someone up. Do you know any back ways into the stables? As long as the horse isn't dangerous, you basically would open their stall and walk through it and be in the barn. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. You can get in through any stall. Almost all of the stalls have a door that opens into the barn and a door that opens out into the paddock. Okay. What about the roof? Is there a way in through the roof? architecturally would there be like hay in the law or ventilation yeah I, okay i think there are some ways in they're probably just some like ventilation vents that almost like a trap door but like you you pop it open with a stick from the ground to let some sure. air in okay mm. yeah Silfa will will suggest one it's important to keep our noses clean and we do need to continue with the work on our project and i was going to pursue that tonight and transcribe some spells and do more research. But I can help you if you want to do some reconnaissance tonight. I have a spell that would be perfect. Great. And so there's a few things we need to know. One is when they're planning to present the horses, because if I'm going to get them high, they need to be high at the right time. <laughs> Who would we ask? Roll me history. 23. Yeah, we'll go with hers because I mm -hmm. got a six. <laughs> Two of you, Jalen and Sable, you, you don't know when someone would do that. Silpha, the 
three-day funeral rite that you're going through is very traditional. The Lady Varathi is throwing a, a very traditional remembrance of Edgar. On the third day of festivities, that's probably when traditionally they would present a gift. Okay, then this is what we need to find out tonight. I can go and figure out the layout of the barn to see if there's a way to sneak in, if needed. So it's likely to be the third day. It would be good if we knew what time. We also need to know the schedule for turning out the horses in the pastures, because if we can just get to the pasture and give them the apples at the right time, that would be great. But otherwise, I'm going to have to slip this into their food. If we need to take matters directly into our own hands, you know the spell that Isaac was using? Mm-hmm. I know a version of that spell that's slightly more advanced. Instead of causing an illusion of appearing like something, you become a thing. So I could become a servant, and as long as I have the appropriate clothes, I could do it. Oh, it's brilliant. Yes, let's do that. It only works for an hour. That's okay. If we know the right hour to get to them, then... Yeah. Okay, so you'll have you'll need to appear to have Cornino livery, <laughs> and I can give you the apples, and you just go around like you're giving them treats. That's perfect. My next question, how bad of an idea would it be to open one of those jars of blood? Why? I, I thought we had agreed this it's was not a blood magic. sore topic. Do you think something bad will happen if we open one of those jars? I don't know whose blood that is, and I really don't want to use it. Or how it was preserved, or why in the hell would you want to open one? Okay, could we just get our hands on some blood, like from the kitchen? Like sheep's blood or something? There are two things that spook horses, snakes and blood. Okay. So the other thing she can do to really drive this home, she can do like a very thin blood solution on the bits on their bridles, so that you can't see it, but the horses are going to smell it and taste it. And if they're already hallucinating, it's going to freak them the fuck out. Not to use magic as a solution for everything, but I could make the smell of blood. Oh. Well, you, you do have an answer to everything. Does it require blood magic? No. Okay, let's do it. The smell of blood is free. <laughs> the smell of blood is free. Okay, so we need to find out which stalls the prize horses are in. We need to find out when they're, what time they're going to be presented, likely on the third day. In the meantime, we need to do some reconnaissance tonight yes. to try to find out. Yes, we need to find some information, and then we can go from there. Uh, yes, for that. If you want to be able to go absolutely anywhere, I mean, like, walk on walls upside down on the ceiling with your hands free, I have just the thing. And she pulls out a vial of a sticky black liquid and pours a drop in her hand and takes out what looks like a, uh, a spider carcass and crumbles it into the liquid, rubs her hands together and touches you. Try walking on the wall. She goes over to the wall and tries walking on uh, it. You gecko up the wall. Holy shit, monkeys. Can I get more of that stuff? Yeah. How long does this last? It lasts about an hour, so mind your time. Okay. All right. She, she's going to get naked and disappear, and she's going to go out your window to get up to the roof. What? Can I get to the stable from the main house, or is there... Um, I mean, there will be a patch of grass you'll have to cross, but it's far enough away from, like, the happenings that, you know, if you roll really poorly, a stable boy will get to see a naked lady in the grass. <laughs> <laughs> and make his night. And I'll be like, you're imagining things, kid. <laughs> okay. Here, have a mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're all in the apples. <laughs> okay. She's going to go across the roof of the house in the direction of the stable, go down the wall, cross to the stables, get up on the stable wall and onto the roof. Roll me one stealth roll for that. You have advantage. Oh, 26. Okay. Yeah. You have no issues. You're one with the knife. Okay. She wants to get into the stable, but first she's going to check out all the layout. So you get the whole layout. It's an H-shaped building. There's a hallway running down the entirety of the H, and there's basically just stall after stall after stall. There's a small area in the back where things are stored, and there appears to be a couple stools there with some stable boys slash girls. At this time of night, it's late evening, so they're packing it in like they're feeding the last of the horses. So they're wandering around actually doing chores at this juncture. The other thing you notice is there are two guards at the main door. Okay. But they're barely attentive. Um, there's nobody at the back door. No. I mean, so there really isn't so much a back door as there are lots of ways out into horse paddocks, mm -hmm. places to let the horses out. Okay. So the guards are definitely not hanging around in the horse stalls. Okay. So now she's going to slip in. She's probably going to keep 
to she's going to keep high in the barn so i mean hoping that nobody looks up they don't your first roll is sufficient all right so now she wants to try to f- see if she can figure out which ones are the prize horses okay give me nature roll Ooh. okay you don't know a no good idea. quality horse from a bad quality horse give me a history roll one <laughs> you also can't recognize the pornino livery so okay. you wander around the barn there are some bigger horses and smaller horses and prettier horses okay so she's gonna go look at the symbols and she's gonna try to keep track of which symbols are where so that she can describe them when she gets back if she draws a layout she can maybe say okay this one these horses were this symbol and these horses were this when you get back if we need you to roll you'll have advantage on identifying what you saw out here okay so she's gonna do that and then book it out of there so she's gonna head back to sable's room my thought was that if we're breaking for a little while then i was going to go listen to servants gossip and my intention, I don't intend to go as me. I intend to go as a cat. I think Silpha is staying behind in the room, transcribing spells and uh, looking at the book of Sir Guire and the code book. I'll get back to the room and if nobody's in there, um, she'll hunt down a pen and paper. And- Silpha, you don't need to roll because you have the decoding book. So you will make some progress. You get through a page. It talks about a Fenrir family crypt. That's about halfway between the the village and the thorns, but a little further out, like from the main drag that people would have taken to get to the castle. It talks about how King Fenrir was respectful of the you know lost Fenrir line and would frequently visit. It makes a small reference to a turn of phrase that would lead you to believe that like they lost a child, King Fenrir and his wife, but it doesn't go into details in any way sable you're a house cat cool go ahead and give me hmm, let's go with investigate or insight going with insight 14 all right yeah you find some servants gossiping there is some brief chatter that all of the families are buying information on meg mason and There's a fair amount of discussion about her propensity to drink wine. There's a number of servants who are talking about how someone was asking really strange questions like, where are the wine bottles stored? And where will Meg Mason be positioned in the communal area tomorrow morning? Do I get an idea of who's asking? Uh, You get an impression that lots of people are asking and that most of the servants have been able to sell that information multiple times. So it's it would be easier to ask who's not buying information. And the answer is the Porninos. Any other information about the Porninos? No, not really. The servants have kind of ignored them. One of them does comment that they spent a lot of time last night with all of their guards. They seem to be concerned about something. Anything else? Every once in a while, you'll hear somebody say, like, you know, the Drurys had a conversation with the Frikers about possible marriage contracts for their children, but that would be years out. There's a few servants that are generally talking about how they're pretty sure the the horses the Porninos brought are going to be gifted to the mentors, but you'll actually hear several servants say, no, no, they're, they're obviously going to be gifted to Matron Varathy. Anything about Lady Miev meeting with Matron Varathy? Because they did that kind of out in public. There is a, a brief conversation that they met, and they talked about a sick relative, and then had some drinks together, and that's about it. Then the only last thing that I want to do is I want to make enough kind of, you know, movement around and noise as the cat to find out who thinks cats are neat, and who might, like, Appreciate having a cat around the next time. Roll me persuasion. Oh, gosh. That's charisma. I'm a cat. Do I get any bonuses? Try not to give you minuses. Does that count for something? (laughs) Oh, well, there you go. How about a 19? She's a really cute cat. I'm an adorable cat. And you purr. (laughs) So you step up to someone and you you take a bold move and you swat a bagel out of their hand. And they, like, they, like, they like sassy cats. <laughs> yeah, and they're pretty thrilled about it. So you get like the you get it like a new best friend. It's going to be a I'd be most interested in getting a Pornino servant if I can. 
Yeah, okay. I mean, with a roll that high, you definitely can. You get a Pornino butler. Excellent. Named Roger. Great. I'm going to hang out with Roger for a little while, see if I learn anything else about the Porninos and what they're planning on doing with those horses. You, yeah, you get snuggled like a baby and oh. then like... Oh, somebody's touching <laughs> She's me. She's so happy. Oh. <laughs> He'll pour you like a little saucer of milk at some point mm. and, you know, scruff you behind the ears. But there's not a lot of Pornino gossip. You can tell by hanging out with him that they are on guard. Okay. All right. Eventually I'll wander away and okay. go back to my room. You just tell me how much time passed. I think that covered about two hours. That's probably going to be your night's yeah. activity. Silfa, so your thing covered about two hours. Jalen, you get back and get dressed and draw your things. Silfa can roll me an investigate based on Jalen's drawings. Oh. I don't understand her method of drawing. <laughs> I have a five. So I'm like, what is this shit? An upside down bat? I, I, mean, I don't did well in arts and craft class, okay? <laughs> I don't recognize any of these symbols, Jalen. Well, it was dark. <laughs> All right. So morning arrives, and pretty early on, the nobles start to spill out into the main yard and begin chatting. I'd want to make sure that I was there, you know, representing the house decently, making sure that everybody is getting the assistance that they need, that sort of thing. So a couple of things are slightly different. One, so this is the day of mourning where almost everyone's wearing black. Meg Mason is wearing white, like a stone gray and white dress that looks like an antique from her family. It is... Definitely the dress she was probably supposed to wear tomorrow. Someone has gotten wine to her, so she is visibly tipsy. First thing in the morning? Yeah, about, about 8 a.m. She is sitting with her family, and they look displeased, but can't seem to talk some sense into her. And she seems to have found a, a young, verathy butler with like little broken antlers who has a tray of wine, and she's not letting him go. Lynn Pornino, who did not go to finishing school with you, he is your age, but the Porninos are probably in the, in the top two families, and they had a private tutor. So Lynn Pornino will approach you guys if you're milling about in the morning. He'll come up and say, Hello, I've seen you guys around town. Um, Lynn, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you're Jalen. Yeah, Jalen. Yeah. Nice to meet you, Jalen. Yeah, it's good to meet you too. Does, what's his animal trait? Or does it... So the Porninos are, as the second highest family, tend to have no additional mutations. But, you know, we, we've said everybody has one. And whatever his is, you can't spot it. I will say he does have sort of like a Hugh Jackman Wolverine amount of hair going for him. So he kind of leans in to you, Jalen, and says, So, um, w would you like to go for a walk with me? Sure. I would love to go for a walk with you. I'll give you a phrenemic look like, you know, are you comfortable going on your own? I'm going to roll an insight. On yeah, him. sure. Roll insight. Ooh, 13. Going with Crush. Seems to be crushing on you. Is he cute? I mean, like... Lynn Pornino? So the Pornino families, they are pretty honor-bound and very kind of knightly. Like, you would imagine that Lynn is going to grow up to be some kind of knight or paladin type person. Let's go with, like, he's good-looking. I mean, he's not Cygnus Swanson good-looking, but he's good-looking. She probably wouldn't like him if he was Cygnus Swanson. She doesn't, she doesn't really go in for pretty. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't have pretty. He has a little bit of rugged going. Okay. You imagine he'd be handsome. Ruggedly handsome versus gorgeous playboy. Uh okay, so Frenemic should be like I think I'll be all right. She's armed to the teeth. Not worried that you can hold your own. <laughs> it's more like God help me. <laughs> Don't leave me alone with this guy. She doesn't have a problem going for a walk yeah. with him. Lynn, right? Lynn will kind of uh, really kind of awkwardly walk next to you. You imagine, like, he built up all of the nerve to get to this point Aww. and is out of it. Oh, So she's going to say, do you have somewhere in particular in mind? Uh, n No, no, not really. Just we can walk around the Verathi house. Sure. Well, I mean, I was wondering. I mean, I, I, I wasn't here when the Porninos arrived, but I heard about the really magnificent horses. Would you show me? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I've. 
practically born on a horse. Come on. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he, he takes you straight into the barn. Boy, I would have saved all the trouble last night if I'd known this was going to happen. <laughs> Walks you straight up to his horses, and he introduces you to his favorite, personal favorite, Lily Bell, which is his horse. Uh, so you know this one's not going to be gifted to anybody. Right. And he seems to have this really deep connection with the horse. Like, Aww. the horse is really well trained. He produces <laughs> treats from his pocket. Like, you didn't even know they were there. But yeah, he absolutely introduces you to the horse. And I think this is a, a very important sort of relationship check that I need you to roll, which is your animal handling skill. Oh, I get a plus one on it. <laughs> oh, three. Horse hates me. <laughs> horse doesn't like you. You probably smell like lizard or something. <laughs> yep. He spends a lot of time calming the horse and mm -hmm. trying to convince the horse, let you hang out with it, I'd but it's like, not I'd working. I'd be like, Lynn, it's okay. I mean, I'm a lizard, so it's probably close enough to a snake. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we could, you know, we could probably find a horse that would like you. Uh, um, that would be great, but it's, it's you know, I, I won't take it personally. It's fine. Okay. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean he, you know, sometimes he's moody. It could just, it, it could just be that she's having a bad day. That's, that's fine. And he'll kind of earnestly show you around the rest of the barn. His brother's horse is practically a draft animal. It is a massive horse. Is it, would that be his older brother? or The one who's probably looking for the marriage contract? Faust. Faust. Of course, his name is Faust. <laughs> Lynn and Faust are both in range for the marriage contract. And so you meet Faust's horse, and Dova's horse is his sister, and you get to beat all the family horses. And then there's like, Six horses that he doesn't really seem to have any emotional attachment to that are owned by the house, and he kind of points them out, and they're beautiful. Okay, they're absolutely beautiful. He's like, well, whose horses are they? Oh, they're my my they're my dad's. Like, he's trained them. They're special. Oh, are they? I mean, did he bring them as a gift or? Yeah, I, I think so. I don't know who he intends to give them to. He's not. He's a little guarded with these things. Honestly, I think he's probably feeling it out oh probably still hasn't figured out who he's giving them to oh who's who's like in the running for them because lord mentor obviously is top of the heap here but uh matron verathy's lost someone and we're at her party it would make quite a gift for a mourner six horses yeah there's just no way he's giving these to to lady verathy i mean maybe one Mm -hmm. Neat. She doesn't really know what to do either. Boy. <laughs> oh my god, it's a guy. It's a boy. I can throw daggers really accurately. Want to see? <laughs> she would say something like that. If we find a target, I can show you how to throw a knife. He's like, yeah, yeah, okay. So your walk date consisted of like trying to brush a horse and finding out the horses don't horses like you. Horses don't like me much. And then you end up at a, you know, you end up at a, like an old tree stump that you're using as a target. All right, so roll, uh, roll me an attack. We'll see if you can impress on Lynn here. Uh, Twelve. Twelve. So I, do, right. I do okay. I'm you a little a nervous. Fair job. I'm a little nervous. <laughs> uh, go ahead and roll me another dice for Lynn. I assume you let him throw. Yeah, yeah. A I'll, knife. I'll give him a lesson. Roll two, though. I don't know if he gets advantage or any bonuses. Uh, he actually is throwing the game. Oh, okay. What did he T come up with? Ten and thirteen. He doesn't do quite as well as you, but he will eventually drop you back off at the party and like. But, uh, it should be like. That's a really nice walk, Lynn. If if you have time in the morning, we could do it again. Oh yeah, that would be that'd be great. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we'll try again with the horses, and they'll be in a different mood. Yeah. 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 Okay. And he's got like this kind of like goofy, goofy. flush <laughs> that comes over his face as he like runs away, kind of awkwardly. If Silpha, feeling protective of her friends, if she witnesses any part of this, I'm going to roll insight to see how sincere I think <laughs> right. uh, Mr. Bornino is. Suspicious. That would be a 16 for insight. Lynn seems quite smitten and pretty thrilled and kind of out of breath about it as he's running away. You're guessing that's legit. Aww. <laughs> I think he's like too high up, isn't he? Yeah, her her heart like squeezes a moment for you. Jalen says that. I'm like, I don't think Lord Evans would think so. No, I know Lord Evans wouldn't think so, but well, I, th I think the Porninios might think so. <laughs> you would be a step down. Yeah, <laughs> he is the youngest of three, though, so he might have that flexibility. 
you'd actually be kind of a step and a half down because yeah. even though you're an Evans, you're not like really well, I'm like an, an or- I'm like a commoner orphan. So yeah, I mean, well, my I mean, blood. They, they did adopt you. Yeah, they adopted me, and that gives me some status, but not not nobility. Not not really. Still no advertising, so you're in for a treat. Animal facts. Horses are basically born with the ability to walk and run. Baby horses are called foals, young boy horses are called colts, and young girl horses are called fillies. Adult male horses are called stallions, while females are called mares. Horses are born at about 10% the weight of their mother, which usually means they're born between 100 and 200 pounds, depending on the breed. Horses reach adulthood at the age of 4 and live for about 25 years. Horses can run on average about 27 miles per hour, but some have been recorded as fast as 55 miles per hour. Horses have been domesticated for over 5,000 years, so there's really only one species left that's really wild, and they reside in Mongolia and China, though feral horses exist from time to time. There are 300 breeds of domesticated horses. Horses naturally congregate in groups between 3 and 20 and into a herd. Horses are prey animals, so they startle easily and never sleep at the same time, always having one horse awake to alert the others. All right, let's get back to it. I'm doing the polite house Parathi thing, wandering around to each of the noble groups, asking them how they're finding their rooms, how they're finding if there's anything that they need, anything that I can send for. So I'd make sure to hit all of the noble groups. Jalen would probably draw Silpha aside because now she knows which horses to go for. Silpha, one thing you do notice is there's no sign of Cygnus Swanson anywhere. <laughs> this does not upset her. The gossip has not really started much this morning. So you, you, you get everybody settled. Like one person complains about needing more towels and you send a servant to get them more towels. Jalen will probably seek out Lord Evans, if he's not in the middle of schmoozing, and ask him if there's anything. Let me come back to that one second. Silpha, so the morning, do you go looking for Cygnus at all, by chance? Or are you just happy to see he's not here? I think she just feels relieved that she doesn't have to dance around trying to avoid interacting with him like she did on the previous day. But she certainly will not be making inquiries into like, where he may be. As far as she's concerned, he passed out from being drunk last night, and that is why he's not present this morning. So your mother will find you pretty early, and she has two young gentlemen, they look probably 17-ish, that she will come up and say, Silva, dear, I have found the sweetest boys for you to meet. Mother, I'm... I'm here to show my respects for the house and to support my friend Sable. And I don't think your matchmaking attempts are appropriate. Oh, dear. What are big social functions for if not learning to be one with your community? It's not about matchmaking right now. It's about keeping the lines of communication open. Anyway, this is Stephen. He is a cousin of Lord Drury. And he shoves this 17-year-old up. Silpha is looking entirely unimpressed, but will say, pleased to meet you. Um, pleased to meet you, Silpha. Do you like magic? I don't. I'm not interested. (laughs) Your mother gets kind of this, like, concerned frown on her face, and then says, Stephen, dear, uh, thank you so much for meeting my daughter. She's in a mood today, but it's it's fine. It's fine. Today is a day of mourning. Shoves shoves Stephen along. She says with a big smile on her face. <laughs> no, okay, so one more here. Just um this is Thomas. She gives him the same kind of bland look and is polite and says, Pleased to meet you, Thomas. And he says, I kinda like magic. Oh really? What school are you interested in? He reaches into his back pocket and pulls out a deck of cards and says, you're going to love this. Actually, I learned it. Um, Okay, so these are the four. These are the four jacks. And there's a fire at the house. Okay, now the four jacks run into the building 
and he slides the four jacks into the different places in the card deck and like and now they're all on this all on the roof and he pulls all four of them off the top and it's right here in my hand um i don't that's not how the trick works silfa but and now it's in both of your hands no now it's now it's gone i can only (laughs) press the digitate so many images at a time wait wait i got another one i got another one you'll love this one and he goes ah and he puts a hand like right up to your ear which is like a little too close and then like comes back with a coin pull the coin out of your ear oh wow let me see that coin she grabs it oh it's only wood how, how did you do that that's the kind of magic i like and he kind of gives you this look and then looks at this coin and then gives you this look and then looks at this coin and goes cool and your mom gives this huge smile of approval and then turns to walk away Leaving you with Thomas. Thomas. <laughs> oh. So yeah, you you got Thomas. Are you gonna try to ditch him or? She will try to be polite but firmly disinterested. He will sneeze a colored handkerchief out of his hand at one point. <laughs> oh God, he's making an effort. He's actually really good at sleight of hand. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of cute. But yeah, that's all he's got. He's just got that's that's the one skill set, and he's trying to win over you at a party well, it's not even quite a party today yeah it's really this is the saddest <laughs> part is of the sad party day and he's like doing clown tricks it's a, it's a dark hanky <laughs> <laughs> i think i want to uh get away from thomas by making some excuse it has been lovely to meet you i'm sure we'll meet again sometime in passing but uh i really need to support my friend sable so if you will excuse me uh yeah no i understand totally this is like you know a funeral and we should be somber yeah somber um hey yeah and do you do you want to um hey do you want to meet up tomorrow morning no oh (laughs) okay (laughs) you'll kind of sadly turn and walk dejected away i mean that i have a lot of books to read it doesn't help. So at this point, it is mid-morning. Jalen is headed over to see Lord Evans. And I would like everybody who is at the party to roll me perception. Six. Sixteen. Nineteen. All right. So the nineteen and the sixteen, a servant walks up to Meg and hands her a piece of paper. And the reason this is noticed by the two of you is because Meg turns bright redder, gets up, sets down her glass, and wanders off towards the sort of garden's hedge area. Off to the side of the estate, and the servant that has been hanging around with her with a plate of wine glasses follows behind, and after she gets towards the edge of the area, like, Two house mason guards turn and start like, where is she going? And start wandering after. Jalen, you don't notice. I want to see where she's going. I kind of would like to follow. Well, I can follow pretty surreptitiously. I just need to duck into a room. Better than, than I might be able to. All right. So you duck into a room and come out as a cat and run across the lawn. You find Lord Evans. He is looking really irritated and kind of pacing. And Jessica is standing next to him. And just watching him pace. Everything okay? Lord Evans turns and says, where is Isaac? I have not seen him this morning. I can go try to find him. God damn it. He's supposed to be... He's supposed to be visible. I will go try to get him here. Fine. Do you know how long we have before we have to do something else? About an hour. About an hour. Okay. I'll go find him. Can I have a word with you for just a second before I go do that? Yeah, okay. In, In private. Oh, come on. And he will walk back towards the room. So this is going to take several minutes to get to a private place. Sure. Uh, Which brings us back to the gardens. So the cat has a very high speed and no one really bats an eye at a cat running through the the lawn. So you catch up. Uh, You're around the corner. Meg is wandering into kind of a high hedged, not a maze, but like the equivalent of a hedge maze, I guess. It's... There's no maze to it. Yeah, it's just hedge garden. And is looking around corners. The servant that's with her is kind of following her around the corner, holding the glasses of wine and 
is right on her tail. And the, the two guards are kind of like walking slowly, looking around, like, what the hell is she doing? Well, I'm keeping an eye on her. Sofa, you can get there right after the guards get there. So they kind of look at you and ignore you. And there's a scream. Well, I'm with Meg. Yeah, I mean, uh, so you round the corner, I mm-hmm. guess. Uh, someone grabs Meg and yanks her back into the bushes, and then two men jump out with knives and start stabbing her in the chest. Oh, are you kidding Holy me? Shit. No. Oh, huh. So can... So let's roll initiative. Yeah. Because I was, like, literally on her feet, if I could. Let's see how Meg does. Twelve. Respectable. Mine was terrible. Six. Okay. Good news. Bad guys didn't roll great. And guards? 20. <laughs> are on it. And... 15. The servant is also on it. All right. So someone grabs Meg. There is a muffled scream as they try to get a hand over her mouth. Two guards come running, storm around the corner, and find three guys waiting in the hedge maze. One of them is holding Meg. They immediately draw swords. And I guess they're they're basically like, hey, stop it, kind of. I think they assume that the drawing of the sword is going to cause whatever's happening here to stop. And the servant darts forward and touches Meg. And the two of them blink and are gone. Meg and the servant and the guy who grabbed Meg disappear. All three of them disappear. Yep, they're just gone. And I don't, I don't sense them around anymore. No. Sofa, how'd you roll? Did you do an initiative? I, I rolled a nine. Okay, you are next. So I just watched them blink out of existence. Correct. Can I do an arcana roll to sure, see roll what it. that might have been? Nice. 25. That was Dimension Door. He usually can't take two people, but apparently he held on really tight. He's going to be in trouble if Meg, who has been stabbed, and the servant and a guy with a knife are the only ones together wherever they've ended up. Dimension door doesn't go very far, though, right? 500 feet. Oh, wow. Sable. I am going to disappear into the hedges, turn into myself, and come out of the hedges casting Hold Person. I hold in my hand a small straight piece of iron. I say some words. I wave it around. I point it at the guy that was the other, the second guy that didn't disappear with him. And if I make a success, then he is frozen in place. He fails his saving throw. He is currently frozen in place. I'll say, we'll have no murder at my family's funeral. So the remaining thug needs a distraction so that he can Well, that's run. who I'm trying to... And he... Oh, so there were three thugs? Yes. Oh, okay. One has been teleported, one is currently held, and one is holding a knife and staring down two guards, Sable and Silpha. He needs a distraction. Silpha, you look frail. He throws a knife. Does a 21 connect? Oh, that would absolutely hit me. Uh, Take five damage as a knife hits you. Where would you like to be hit with a knife for five damage? I guess it hits my shoulder and embeds, but it missed some major blood vessels. Probably conveniently bleeding profusely. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) You promise. And he's going to turn and run for it. Guard one, who rolled ridiculously well on initiative, turns, goes to support you, and like tries to pick you up almost. And guard two darts after him. Meanwhile, so Jalen, you're walking into a building with Lord Evans. There's a loud crash upstairs, a scream, something shatters, and then there's the loudest boom you have ever heard that rattles the floors, walls, and ceiling. And it definitely came from upstairs? Oh, yeah. So Jalen and Lord Evans will probably both look up and then share a look, and Jalen will be like, you know, this conversation isn't that important. We should go check that out. He says, I'll get the guards. Okay. I'll meet you up there. So you get upstairs. It would be Silpha's room. Okay. The door is blown off the hinges when you get into the hallway. Okay. She's going to get out a hand crossbow and a dagger. And that's going to bring us down the list. So, uh, Silpha, you have been stabbed. There's a guard trying to save you, help you. 
I am in obvious pain, but I tell the guard, no, I'll be okay. Get that. Then wordlessly, without even saying anything, just gesture towards the thug and try to hit him. That will be a 17. Yeah, that definitely hits him. Uh, what, is it, what does your spell look like? She points at him, and then there's you can feel cold air kind of emanate from where she pointed, and then an icy burst explode on him. Okay, roll your damage. I'm weak, so it's it's only one damage, and he's slowed. Okay, well, the slowing is the, slowing the part that's going to doom him. <laughs> Sable, you have a... a... Yeah, that's going to hold for a little bit. He but... does get to re-roll a save, I believe, every turn. So he's lost a turn. Well, then... Silva is clearly still standing. I have a cure wounds ready, but I am going to take the time to tie him up first. All right, so you are going to attempt to tie him up. You're going to roll me a survival roll, sounds appropriate, and that will become his DC to get out of the the rope. Well, that's still an 11. An 11 is good. So you wrap him up in ropes. On okay. his turn, he tries to stop being... He's not held anymore, but that was the end of his turn Yeah, to break out of that. So he is in ropes and cannot try to get out of them this turn. I am keeping an eye on it. So we're back to guards. So the guard that is chasing this guy absolutely catches up to him because the guy is speed dropped by 10 feet and he can't. And he is not taking any chances and is running this man through with a sword. The guard hits an unarmed man dressed like a commoner. And short swords him in the back for seven. And he kind of spins around and pulls a boot knife. Guard, who is trying to help you, sees that you're functioning and turns to go help the other guard. So he spends his whole turn catching up to this guy who's now two guards versus a man with a boot knife. That brings us to the stairs. So you've made it to about Silva's door. You've got a crossbow out, and there's another scream, a shout of pain, and then a sickening sucking noise, and then the room falls quiet. I can make a stealth roll if I need yeah. to, but she doesn't want to be seen yet. She wants to see what's going on without being seen, so, okay. Oh, one. Shit. You round the corner. Yeah, I round the corner. What's Everyone going on in the room? happens to be looking at you when you do. <laughs> you see Meg, who is sort of collapsed against what would be Silpha's bed with a knife in her gut. You see this servant with sort of broken antlers who is holding a man by his throat as the life force drains out of him. And he seems to be melting. From your perspective, it looks like a wine servant is draining the life force out of a butler. Okay, she's going to try to shoot the wine servant because gun instinct says, oh, she hits him. I'm pretty sure she hits him. Thank God you don't have sneak attack. Yeah, <laughs> uh, 23. Because you rolled poorly. Yeah, you hit. Roll, yeah. roll your normal damage, though. Seven points of damage. Okay, yeah, you hit him in the back. He immediately jerks and lets go of the guy and kind of falls against the window. And you see, as he turns around, he has also been stabbed and there's a dagger in his gut. The hell is going on in here? She's loading a silver bolt into the crossbow to, and pointing it at anything that moves. The guy whose life was being drained from him looks in bad shape. And he says, he attacked me, and then runs to go by you into the hallway? She's going to clothesline him. Okay. going. He's trying to run by you, and you're not letting him through. And this is going to turn his action into what, it, what we would call a bull rush. So he's going to roll his strength, and you can roll your strength. Okay. Seven. He gets a 13. Oh, so he knocks me out of the way. Um, You stay on your feet, but you like slam up against the, the far wall of the hallway. And then he's going to get, you know, 20 feet down the hallway towards the stairs, which, which brings us back to the hedge maze. The guards have closed with this guy and the fight is on. The guy with the knife is going to not succeed in stabbing the guards because the guards are wearing a rudimentary armor. And Silpha. I continue to use my trusty ray of frost to try to blast. Uh, blast him. Uh, ten. He is not wearing any armor. A ten is exactly what you need to hit. And this time I do seven damage. He's cold. Very cold. Sable. 
Well, I'm keeping an eye on this guy. He is currently tied up, but okay. he can move and is struggling. Clearly moving. On his turn, he will try to get out of your bounds. I'm going to cure her. That's what I'm going to do. Cure Silva? Yeah. My guess is I don't have a lot of experience right now with wounds, and that one's bleeding pretty good, right? Yeah. I mean, so I would magic think, will yeah. get the job done. Yeah. So I'm worried for her. So I'm going to cast cure wounds on her. So I'll put a hand on you, and I'll say something about mending the the broken, and you will get six plus... That's more than I need nine. to be back at full. Yeah, your wound closes like it was never there, although there is still a hole in your outfit. Your mother will be devastated. The thug that is wrapped up in is ropes... going to roll really bad. Damn. ...is going to basically shake loose from the ropes and sprint the opposite direction that the other thug went, which is the opposite direction the guards have gone. So Silpha and Sable will both get an attack of opportunity as he pretty much shoves by you and sprints. So at this point, I don't think you were holding weapons. No, I seriously doubt I was carrying my walking stick. I always stick. have a quarter staff. Were you carrying it at the party? She walks around with it. Okay, it's sure. It's part of her You're like an her old man. ensemble. <laughs> She's Roll the hit. Wizard. It's a 12. Yep, that hits. His AC is only 10. For one. <laughs> he keeps going. He's like got hit with a newspaper in the back of the head or something. <laughs> Thwack. I get a chance to? You do. I believe you only have an unarmed punch at best. What yeah. is your strength modifier? Oh, it's terrible. It's minus one. We try to trip him? Yeah, I was about to say, my attempt would be to try and trip him. Um, You can roll a athletics versus his athletics, or an acrobatics versus his acrobatics. Ten. I get a 13. All right, you trip him. He goes down. Yes. He spends the other half of his move getting up. He's maybe five feet from you. And then the guy with a knife fails to stab a guard, and we are back at the guards who proceed to both stab this man for small amounts of damage. Well, they probably don't want to kill him. They probably want to question him. Yeah, maybe. They, they seem to be stabbing him to kill him. <laughs> but that brings us to back upstairs. Okay, she's probably going to, thinking the guards are on their way up. They are. She, she's going to yell, stop him. So he turns to run down the stairs. And he is in bad shape, and he runs into three House Heavens guards and Lord Evans. And you have shouted, stop him? And she's also, she's pointing the crossbow back at the, the wine servant. Yeah. A badly injured butler runs into three armed men, and they grab him. And she's pointing the crossbow at the wine servant, possibly you Isaac. The, yeah, you point the crossbow at the wine servant. Kind of lolls his head up at you, and then says, fucking Jalen. It is you, isn't it? And we're leaving this halfway through a fight. I am really mean. Special thanks to Todd Ferguson at My Pet Machine for our tunes, and Julie at Elaborate Flight of Fancy for our logo. You can find them both on Facebook. Tune in next time to find out if Meg Mason's 9HP survived her two stab wounds or if Sable and Silva can apprehend the assassins before they escape. See you next time on Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey. Silpha, jump on my dung ball. That's how that's how Mr. Lunari wooed Silpha's mother. <laughs> put together, he put together like the biggest dung ball, right? <laughs> he rolled the, the hey. biggest pile of shit possible and presented it. Hey, mo- hey, hey, butterfly, check out and my ball. And ironically, she found it like <laughs> she found it endearing. The, that's the one. That's the one. <laughs> no. <laughs>
The marriage ceremony is when you jump on the dung ball and he wheels you away. <laughs> you while, while you run on top of it. You run on top. <laughs> like a Katamari. Uh. Yeah. 